Welcome to the North Sound Church Podcast. For more information about North Sound Church, please visit our website at northsoundchurch.com. service and for those who again are watching from home or from wherever you are, Pastor Barry and Barb, they are enjoying some family time uh, tonight and this week and then uh, also Pastor Allen is on his way back uh, as we speak on the, on the airplane, so we'll pray for them and, and we bless them. Well, this past week, my brother from Calgary had come down for a visit, and I asked him if he was aware of Ash Wednesday, because we didn't grow up in this liturgical stuff, you know what I mean? Um, how many of you, this may be your first Ash Wednesday? Yeah, a few of us. Awesome. So when I asked my brother, his name is Kevin, Kevin, have you ever uh, done Ash Wednesday? We're doing Ash Wednesday next week. He was like, what? No, no, I've never done Ash Wednesday. Have you ever seen anyone come through the mall or something on a Wednesday with a cross on their forehead? He goes, no, I've never seen that. We grew up in Canada, and, um, and he's from Calgary, and just didn't uh, uh, see much of that for whatever reason. My brother works for a financial company now, and he was a pastor for many years, and he enjoys helping people navigate their financial goals and and helps them set up strategy to pursue their futures. And, and one of the areas, of course, that they help in in this industry is your life insurance. That's part of it. And uh, we understand that this is important for, for people to consider. And I can imagine my brother, think with me here, as he sits down with an individual and he explains the benefits of life insurance to him and, and how it would protect his family in the case of an unfortunate event that's unplanned and unexpected, like a death. And everything is going just fine in this conversation until the person that he is meeting absorbs these words of death and he gets anxious and he stands up and with a shocked look on his face says to my brother, no, I I won't do it. I don't want to die. I expect most of us feel like this and even if we don't say it, We embrace life, and we don't like to consider death. Many things in our culture keep us from facing the reality of death. We work so hard to stay young. We we drink that many cups of water. We, We want to remain youthful in appearance and healthy in body so as to delay the inevitable. We have access to health care, and life expectancy has increased by 30 years since the 1900s. We'd rather not think about the fact that we will die, so we may be less than happy with Genesis 3.19, though originally it was addressed by God to the first man, Adam. This verse speaks to us all when he says, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you are taken, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. I was actually looking at my, my boys and thinking of this as we were just le- singing worship together and thinking, to dust? This guy's so young. There's so much life ahead of him. But inevitably, we all will face that same fate unless 
the Lord comes back before then. These are the words that each one of you will hear tonight when you receive the sign of the cross with ashes and with oil. I remember the first time I saw someone walking in the evening with an ash cross on their forehead, and I was truly taken aback by it as I had no idea what they were doing. I didn't know if he was on the good side or the bad side. I didn't know if he was a vampire or running from vampires. And that was pre-North Sound Church for me. But since being in this family, this congregation with you, we've adopted this practice of Lent in our lives. In fact, just tonight around the dinner table, we were challenging each other as a family. What might you give up and what might you take on? And when we started talking about the idea of potentially giving up dessert, one of my boys ran to the freezer and grabbed the ice cream as fast as he could. Brilliant, Justice, brilliant. I know what Pastor Barry is giving up. And I think those of us who have been at North Sound Church know exactly what it is, right? Lima beans, you are correct. Why do we do this? Well, Christians have been historically observing Lent in various ways since the very early days of the church. Ashes, as we were talking earlier, as we were talking earlier, are made up of the palm branches from Palm Sunday from the year before. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and traditionally they're dried out and then burnt and and made into a fine powder and kept for Ash Wednesday. For these days leading up until Easter, Christians from all over the world, by the millions, will be giving something up, some distraction, perhaps laying something down like a habit or a sin. Like the writer of Hebrews says, let's lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily keeps us back so that we can run. And and Lent is a great time for us to do so. Whether it is a sin or a distraction or something you may even enjoy doing, giving something up is is a way to show God that we just want him more. It could be anything from abstaining from social media or a certain type of food could be movies or whatever it is. It's something for you to bring before God and to lay it down. It's your sacrifice. Then we also choose to pick something up, something like a spiritual practice. It could be spending more time in devotions, and we talked about that. One of my sons wants to read the Fox's Book of Martyrs. Could be memorizing scriptures or even practicing generosity or silence or solitude. It's a time of just enjoying being with him more. But tonight, this Ash Wednesday, we recognize our mortality and our need for him. We recognize that we all carry some baggage. And every month during communion, we pray a prayer of confession together. We say together, we have sinned by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved God with all of our hearts. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. And Ash Wednesday is the time to recognize this. But we don't have to live carrying this load throughout our lives. 
A few years ago on an Ash Wednesday, Pastor Barry read a passage from Pilgrim's Progress. How many of you have read Pilgrim's Progress? Yeah. Very famous book. It was written uh, in the 1600s, and for almost 200 years, it was the second bestseller right next to the King James Version Bible. It was written by John Bunyan, and if you know the story, he was in prison for 12 years because he was meeting with people outside of the walls of a church and talking about God and preaching. Pilgrim's Progress is an allegory. It's a story of the Christian journey. Perhaps this could be something that we might enjoy reading in this Lent season. In the part of the book that Pastor Barry read, and I'm going to read it again tonight, it's the part where Christian loses his burden. And John Bunyan writes this, as you remember, as if it was a dream, and he reflects and he says, Now I saw in my dream that the highway up which Christian, the main character, was to go was fenced on either side with a wall. That wall was called salvation. Up this way, therefore, did burdened Christian run, but not without great difficulty because of the load on his back. He ran thus till he came at a place somewhat ascending, and upon that place stood a cross, and a little below, right in the bottom, a sepulcher. So I saw in my dream that just as Christian came up to the cross, his burden loosed, from off of his shoulders and fell from off his back and began to tumble and so continued to do so till it came to that mouth of the sepulcher where it fell in and I saw it no more. Then was Christian glad and lightsome and said with a merry heart, he has given me rest by his sorrow and life by his death. Then he stood a while to look and wonder, for it was very surprising to him that the sight of the cross should thus ease him of his burden. He looked, therefore, and he looked again, even till the springs that were in his head sent the water down his cheeks. Now as he stood looking and weeping, behold, three shining ones came to him and saluted him with, Peace be to you. So the first said to him, thy sins are forgiven you. The second stripped him of his rags and clothed him with a change of raiment. The third also set a mark on his forehead and gave him a roll with a seal upon it, which he bade him look on as he ran and that he should give it to the celestial gate. So they went their way. Then Christian gave three leaps of joy and went on singing. And here's the song. Thus far did I come laden with my sin, nor could aught ease the grief that I was in till I came hither. What a place is this? Must here be the beginning of my bliss. Must here the burden fall off my back. Must here the strings that bound it to me crack. Blessed cross, blessed sepulcher. Blessed rather be the man that was there put to shame for me. Perhaps we should be jumping up and down for joy because of what 
Christ has done for us, the wonder of our salvation. And this is the motivation that we come together for this Ash Wednesday. That we would love him more and that we would want to get closer to him. I read earlier a passage from Hebrews 12, but let me read it in context. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily besets us so that we can run with patience this race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So as we come forward this evening and we have ash imposed on our forehead with the sign of the cross, it's a reminder that we're just mortal beings. We need a Savior so that we can live eternally. It's a reminder that the cross is the only remedy for our condition. So this evening we come to the cross, and I invite you to repentance, to God's grace, to his forgiveness. In a few moments you will come up, and the ashes that I place on you are a sign of mourning and repentance, of mortality and the need of a Savior. In Joel 2, 12 to 13, we read, Yet even now, declares the Lord, Return to me with all of your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. So God invites us to return to him with weeping with fasting, with mourning. And Lent is a time set aside for us to do that. To reflect on our relationship with Him. It's a time to open up our hearts to His voice, a time to face the sin we have allowed into our lives that may be affecting our relationship with Him. And like I read earlier, just lay them aside. It's a time to more fully address the truth of who we are so that we may more fully enter into the joy of our salvation provided by the Lord's death and resurrection. Lent is a season to embrace our hunger that we might be filled with the joy of our salvation as we feast at the celebration of the resurrection of our Savior on Easter morning in just a few weeks from now. So as we prepare to receive the sign of the cross and as we enter into a season of giving up something, that Christ, I pray, would be present with you as we take a step closer to him by putting something that is important to us, maybe, or that distracts us, we put it down. And we pick up a spiritual discipline or a practice that would help us to focus on him more. Would you stand with me as we pray a prayer together? And I would ask that you would begin to prepare your hearts. Let me pray over you. Dear people of God, the first Christians observed with great devotion the days
of our Lord's passion and resurrection. And it became the custom of the church to prepare for them by a season of penitence and fasting. The season of Lent provided a time in which converts to the faith were prepared for holy baptism. It was a time for when those who, because of notorious sin, had been separated from the body of the faithful, they were reconciled by penitence and forgiveness and restored to the fellowship of the church. Thereby the whole congregation was put in mind of the message of pardon and absolution set forth in the gospel of our Savior and of the need which all Christians continually have to renew their repentance and faith. I invite you, therefore, in the name of the church, to the observance of a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, and by beginning and by reading and meditating on God's holy word and to make a right beginning of repentance. And as a mark of our mortal nature, let us take a few moments of silence to examine our hearts as we repair, prepare to receive the mark of repentance. Let's take a few moments of silence and bring our hearts before the Lord. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and penitence, that we may remember that it is only by your gracious gift that we are given everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. As the worship team it's ready to pray. I will come down here and I will take the ashes. And then I invite you from the right side to come on up. Remember how we used to do communion together. And so you can follow the row in front of you. And then we will go into the middle section and to the left. And the words that I will give to you as I put the ashes on your forehead will be remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return.